Hey, welcome to the Feed Sheep Podcast, where we help you hear God's voice, follow his lead, and thrive as a disciple. I'm Dan Schilling, and I'll be one of your guides. Now, let's get into today's topic. Today, here in the studio, I have a good friend, Pastor Andy Searles, who joined me as our first guest here live, face-to-face in the Feed Sheep studio. This was a powerful discussion. We had some challenges just to get this one recorded, but I believe it's going to be a great encouragement for you. So I would encourage you as you're on this journey to hear, follow, and thrive, this may be an episode just for you. Tune in. Hey, welcome to the Feed Sheep Podcast. We're here again in the studio. This is the first day we've shot in the studio. We just shot part one of this wait, what? And we're going to talk about that in a little bit uh, more detail. What does that mean? Uh, if you didn't get episode uh, part one of this episode, you're going to want to tune back into that. But this uh, day has been a challenge. We've been here for about three <laughs> hours. And we feel like part of that challenge, I was just telling one of the other guys here uh, in the building about the challenge. Sometimes technology knows things. I said, I really feel like this has been an attack. And I think there is an attack on us. Yeah. When we're trying to bring truth, it's going to set people free. free. I mean, absolutely, generational freedom from areas and I think it's what Jesus was trying to deliver to the people that we're going to look at here in Matthew 5 again. And so let's just tee this up again. Let's yeah. give a little bit of a recap. Let me speak to that first, yeah, Dan, please. if I can. One of the things that I'm learning in this season of ministry is that whenever we can open our heart and be vulnerable about what's going on, the gospel shows up. Yes. And so the enemy will do all he can <laughs> to prevent us opening our heart. So with all the technology problems, right, it would have been very easy to get frustrated and angry at a computer. But we get frustrated and anger, angry. That blocks our heart, right? And as soon as we can open the heart, then the gospel shows up. Yes. Jesus shows up. Yes. So I hope that as we continue our conversation, as was the last one, that we can open our hearts before God. Because as we do, Jesus shows up. Well, Andy, you that wasn't your question, was no, it though? No, but but as just before again, you've been a pastor, you've been serving, uh, leading folks as a shepherd, we might say, yeah. you know, caring for sheep. And that's the essence of what we're here to do today again is to encourage you as a sheep. Uh, Jesus says in, in John 10 27 that my sheep hear my voice, I know them. And they follow me. And so the goal of what we want to again accomplish today is to help you hear his voice, follow his lead, thrive as a disciple. And I believe what we're going to talk about today is going to help people thrive, even though it's not always easy. But I believe it is worth yeah. following what Jesus is going to have for us today. So let's tee it up again. Let's look back a little bit, but didn't let's kind of yeah, flow so, into today. So the idea is that we have these wait, watch, mo- wait, what moments in our Christian discipleship, right? Because we think that, oh, being a Christian is A, B, C, D, and we check the box. We say, yes, I'm doing well. But then Jesus shows up and he completely changes our expectations, right? And we have this, wait, what moment when we're stunned by the beauty of what Jesus says as opposed to what we thought and we expected. And we're living in a world where people are hearing a lot of things, thinking this is what it means to follow Jesus. But then Jesus, as he did to the disciples around the Sermon on the Mount, says, but I tell you. And so this wait, what? Help me understand moment rests on this tension between you have heard it said, 
But I tell you. And sheep who are listening to the shepherd are listening to the parts of Scripture where Jesus says, but I tell you. And so last episode, go back, listen to it. We talked about two of these wait what moments. One was don't murder. You've heard that said. But Jesus says, don't even get angry. And we're like, wait, what? And then he says, you've heard it said. Don't commit adultery. Yes. And we're like, check that box. Haven't done that. And he says, but I tell you, don't even look lustfully at someone. And we're like, wait, what? All of a sudden, I'm not as self-righteous as I thought. I'm not as innocent as I am because this wait what truth of Jesus has changed us. And I want to look at three more wait what's yes. today. Well, I, I just thinking about, I didn't mention this last episode as I've been processing our should talk about our lamb methodology, you know, mm-hmm. what are we going to learn? How do we apply? How's that? We're going to be multiplied in and through us. And then what are we becoming? And so as mm-hmm. I was thinking about this, that really what happens when I'm no longer murdering someone is I become a forgiver. Right. And we know what God's word talks about that. If we don't forgive, that he won't forgive us. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to walk in unforgiveness knowing that I'm going to be held to a standard of not being forgiven. And then the other thing here is in the f- in the lust is I really want to become faithful. I-, I want to be, I don't want to have my eyes looking where I shouldn't. I remember a few years ago, we talked about doing a, uh, a Job uh, covenant. And it essentially said, you know, if I yeah. look upon a woman, yeah. you know, let yeah. this man have my wife. And you think, yeah. what? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. You know, like, yeah that my heart really would be pure before Lord. I don't even want to, I don't want to try to fulfill the desires of my flesh and even look. And last episode, we talked about how some of that is by viewing the objects of our lust, not as um, cheapened people that we can control, but people who are great value. But also we got to see ourselves of great value, right? I'm a man made in the image of God created to love. Why would I stoop? to lust and control and commodify. And so as we fight uh, lust and we seek to let these truths of Jesus sink deeper and deeper into our soul, um, then part of that does revolve around how we value others. Yes. But it also revolves around how we see us as children of God. Well, I want to get to these next ones. They're, they're really good. And, and we, continue to say, how does this align with the things we've been talking about here in the last several episodes about the issue of pride and how each one of these other ones, you know, you brought to my attention, like, wow, lust really is an aspect of pride because I want what I want. And we're going to even see in these, I think, too, even some more ways. It's funny that, isn't it? There is a consistent theme through scripture, right? Yeah. Pride, bad, humility, good. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to continue. So let, let's get into it. Let's look at this first one here. Yeah. Matthew 5. Yeah. So this uh, first one today, third one in our little study, this wait what moment, wait what moment, Matthew five thirty three. Again, you have heard it said, right? And again, whenever we hear you have heard it said, you know, he's talking about the the, the voices around us, not necessarily bad, yeah. but just not the deeper, fuller, richer life that Jesus offers. You have heard it said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath and you must keep your oaths to the Lord. And again, we're like, that makes sense. It's important that we kind of keep our promises. 
And then Jesus says, but you must, but I tell you, sorry, don't take an oath at all. Mm. Uh, tell me more. It doesn't make sense. Makes me pause for a moment. Right. So. Because we think oath is a good thing, like a promise. But really, an oath is something that we add to a promise. Again, pridefully, to make ourselves seem more trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Right. So, for instance, um, a young child would come up to you and, uh, you know, we say, are you telling the truth? And they say, yeah, I'm telling the truth. Uh, I swear on my grandmother's grave. Yeah. You heard that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But we choose to kind of swear by things yeah. because we think yeah. it adds weight to the truth that we're saying. Yes. Right. And, and so uh, in this culture to these disciples and to this crowd, right, they had heard give an oath. It's a good thing to give mm -hmm. an oath. Right. Mm -hmm. Say your piece and then back it up. Back it up and back it up. Fence it in, fence it in, fence it in, right? But Jesus said, that ain't working for you. Because the more you try to protect your truth, yes. right, yes. the more that actual truth is diminished, right? So good. We, we, we've all met people like that, right? Who yeah. said, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to pick on anybody. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you're going you're gonna to buy a car, Right. Yeah. 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 This is the best deal you'll ever have. Ever, ever. Right. Mm -hmm. You can look on this site. Trust me. Yeah. And it'll be the best deal ever. <laughs> or you can go to this place and it's as low as we can go. Right. Yeah. And it's like as soon as they start to put these oaths yeah. around the promise, the promise loses its value. Yes, it does. And they'd heard for years and years, back up, back up, back up your promises. Fence it in, fence it in, fence it in. But that was getting so corrupt that Jesus says, I'm going to tell you, don't keep an oath. And he, and he later goes on in the same section to say, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. What he's saying is that if we are living with integrity, we don't need to hmm. add anything to it. Yes. Our integrity, our honesty is enough. You've heard it said, don't break your oath. Yes. But I tell you, if you're living with integrity, this is my interpretation, you don't need to take an oath at all. This is either by heaven because it's God's throne or earth because it's God's footstool or, footstool or Jerusalem because it's the city of our great king. That's what people were swearing by. Yes. Then. Oh, I swear by Jerusalem. I swear by heaven. Right, I, I swear From by earth. Head. Right, <laughs> the next one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Why do you need to justify? It? In fact, you're right. The, the next verse is actually quite funny. It says, <laughs> "Do not swear by your head, right? Yeah. Because you cannot make a single hair white or black, yes. right?" Yeah. And I think what Jesus is saying here is, you're just not that powerful. That's right. Right? You know, who are you to make these outrageous promises on your truth? Because you can't even change the color of your hair. Yeah. I mean, over a period of years, we're both on on, on a good track to, yeah. to do that. But if yeah. I said, "Hey, I want my hair to go back to being brown," <laughs> I don't have the power to do that, yeah. right? So why would we swear by things that are powerless and that we are powerless to control when really the most powerful thing about us is our integrity, yes, and our word, yes, right? Yes. You have heard it said, "Keep an oath." Build a fence around your promises. I swear by this. I, this is the best deal ever. You won't find it. And we, we pad it. Yeah. 
Jesus, forget about the padding because the padding actually diminishes your promise. Yes. Let your yes be yes. Your no be no. Right. And that's how we're supposed to live. Well, and at the other part of that, verse 37 here says, and anything more comes from the evil one. Wow. Anything else beyond. Yes. Right. Because we know that the character of the evil one is to create chaos and confusion. Yes. Right. Whenever there is chaos and confusion in your life, right, you can trace that back to the enemy trying to distract you so he can destroy you. Right. It's what he does. Yes. It's what he does. Right. And so these fences that we put around, these oaths that we take, oh, I swear by this, or if this doesn't happen to me, or pinky promise. (laughs) Yeah. Right. What does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. It's like cut off my fingers about it. You know, I don't know. If if we create this chaos around the promises, then the enemy can have a field day. But if we're just honest, yep, nope, yes, there's not much wiggle room for the enemy to manipulate. And, and I think I think it's important to realize because we do live in this very defensive culture where we feel we need to defend ourselves or justify ourselves. I think it's important to note that saying yes or saying no. Is a complete sentence, right? If you say it's an answer, Andy, you want to come back and spend the whole day with you tomorrow? I can say no. I don't need to justify why, mm-hmm. right? Because every extra excuse I give you, right, creates opportunity for confusion and chaos and distrust and mistrust, which is where the devil does his best work, yeah. right? So let's just let our yes be yes and no be no. Let's be be honest. We don't need to pad the truth. Because the truth itself is what sets our relationships free. Yes. Well, and I think about my own parenting journey here and the conviction when you start thinking about how many times when our kids ask us to do something. Yeah. And I say, well, yeah, well, let me think about it. Or, yeah, right. well, you know, right. well, you know, I said maybe. And, yeah. and how many times? In not just relationships with my children or with my wife or with those that I work with, am I really not yeah. walking in integrity? Yeah. Because I don't want to. Oh, I didn't want to hurt their feelings, or I didn't right. want to. Right. No, it's good to it's good to think through. Yeah. Right. It's good to have reason, but we don't need to pad the truth. Yeah. Right. The truth speaks for itself. Yes. And where we think that we're. Uh, protecting someone else really we're more protecting ourselves which we talk about pride right? yeah. <laughs> like i don't want to look Absolutely. bad i don't want to be Absolutely. the bad guy i don't want to you know and yet what jesus again i think is trying to draw us into in this is again that last line to me is so part that anything more comes from the evil one right you, you it's a it's a it's a way of access we're just inviting him in yeah. like i said to bring chaos uh and so once we lose that trust the reason why I have to keep swearing by all this other stuff yeah. <laughs> is because you'll say, well, yeah. you didn't do it. You didn't do it. You didn't do it. Well, yeah, but this time by Jerusalem and my head and yeah, by my yeah, mother's grave, right. my pinky. And we're yeah. like, wait a minute. You yeah. you, you should have just, right. like, just done it yeah. the first time. Yeah. And so for some of us today as we're listening, and we got to take them. Sometimes I just let the mirror look back at myself and say, is there areas in my life today, Holy Spirit, that you're trying to show me where I'm not? walking in this truth letting the yes be yes and then no be because 
If not, then I'm essentially, I'm inviting the, the devil into yeah. the yeah. things that are going on around me. And what's it called? It's creating chaos and anxiety and stress. And I'm not, I'm not thriving. Yeah. The goal yeah. for us, and as far as thriving, we're not thriving. One of the reasons right. why I might not be thriving is because this is not being applied. Right. Because, because chaos, right, and confusion suffocates us. Yes. Right. It 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 it, it just kind of constricts our body so that we can't thrive. Yes. But a simple yes, simple no, it's done with. Yes. Well, let's keep digging on this one, and then let's go to the next one. If we wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? Ouch! All right. Uh, Second one today. You have heard it said. Again, I I did not realize this phrase was used so many times in the Sermon on the Mount. Right? You have heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, we want to listen to the but I tells you, don't resist an evildoer. Now, we've got to be careful here, right? Because we, every time I preach, there's this little checklist of questions I go through. Hmm. And one of them is, um, am I being clear on what the passage is not saying? Okay, right? tell me more. Because that's as important as am I being clear on what the passage is saying, okay. right? So let me just be clear here. What this passage is not saying is that it's okay to let an evildoer keep doing evil things to you yeah right yes that's not what jesus is saying here right and so if we are in an abusive situation an abusive relationship if there is someone who is continuing to manipulate us or take advantage of us right that must be stopped that is wrong that is not what jesus is saying here yes right so just to kind of clarify that you've heard it said an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth what he's talking about here was this kind of law of of revenge yes right and and this eye for an eye tooth for a tooth this philosophy was actually kind of given by god to governments hmm. right that when they um rule and as they sought to find justice that this was a foundational principle for them and it kind of makes sense right if someone's wronged you there needs to be some um discipline retribution yes right but the problem in this time and among those that jesus was speaking is that people had taken this eye for an eye tooth for a tooth personally and so they were taking vengeance upon themselves right yes. and again when that happens it's uh causes chaos and violence and anarchy and it takes us away from not just being a civil society, but from being the people that God calls us to, right? You've heard it said, an eye for an eye, seek revenge. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. And I think we need the other examples to kind of understand this. He, he goes on, on the contrary, if someone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other cheek to him, right? That's not stand there and get beaten up, yeah. right? What Jesus is saying here was this slap on the right cheek, right? If we're sitting like this and I'm going to slap you yes. on the right cheek, i got to use the back of my hand to do it. Yes. And the back of a hand was an insult. It was an affront, yes. right? Yes. So Jesus is saying, when you are insulted, don't respond with insult. Hmm. Man, how hard is that? To not want to yeah. give you the back. Yeah. Dan, your shirt's ugly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? What's your natural response? Well, look at you. Yes. Your shirt's no better, yes. right? Yes. And, uh, and it just perpetuates, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. And Jesus says, hey, when someone tries to insult you, don't feed it. 
Don't let it escalate. Let it de-escalate, right? As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. Your coat was the, the, the most valuable thing for many that they owned. Right. They would sleep on it. It would keep them warm. They could loan it out if they wanted a little bit of money. Right. Mm -hmm. Someone was only asking for the, the undershirt. But Jesus says, no, no, no. When someone wants to steal from you. Right. Don't be a jerk and, and want to steal back. Right. Break that by being generous. Yes. Right. Because there's something in the, the nature of generosity that changes a heart away from its natural inclination and turns us towards the kind of people that God wants us to be. And then he gives us this, this third illustration. We know this one as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. And this was all about the postal system that was set up by the Romans, mm. right? And um, every mile they had these little um, refreshment stations, right? But if the refreshment station wasn't there where they could get a glass of water and something to eat as they went about delivering their, yeah. their, their mail, mm. then they could legally compel someone to, to, to do it the next mile for them. Mm. Right. And it was like, Oh man, this is such a hassle. I don't want to do that. Who are you to tell me what yeah, to yeah, do? Yeah. Especially the Romans, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell right? Me what but she says, no. don't grumble at that. See, it's an opportunity and, and go and go a little bit further as well. Right. So I think in this, Wait, what moment that the disciples and the crowd had to experience? Jesus was saying, there is a better way than the way of revenge. Mm -hmm. And it's a way of humility. Yes, It's a way that de-escalates rather than escalates, yes. right? It's a way that loves back generously rather than, than, than fights back selfishly. Yes. Well, and I... Again, the mirror gets a little close to me, and I have to look <laughs> like, oh, shoot. You know, that, uh, I, I'm a pickleball player. I love, okay. you know, I started playing pickleball, and <clears throat> there's a system of how paddles are put up. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and there's a, you know, you play at certain levels, and the certain time that I play is at a one level. And, and so you're supposed yeah. to play at that level to play. Well, sometimes some folk come, and they don't play at that level. And mm -hmm. so it's aggravating. So I get kind of like, Ugh. so I was playing with a lady who's not played so well, um, but she's very uh, outspoken. And this is going to be <laughs> yeah. and, so, and so at the end we get beat and then I come over and right. instead of putting my paddle beside hers and the losers, I went ahead and put mine on the other side because I didn't want to continue to play right. Right. and I don't want to lose my composure and cool. Yeah. And like, and so she yeah. starts chewing on me. Right. What do you think you are? You think you're better than everybody else? I said, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to mix it up. Yeah. I'm just trying yeah. to, yeah. Cause I don't want to insult you. I don't want to be whatever, but you know, you really shouldn't even be playing today, but I don't want to have whatever. I'm just going to move quietly. And yeah. she starts making a scene. Andy, it, she lived rent free in my head the rest right. of the time right. because I'm like, right. she's over here bad mouthing me to these people. And like, I'd play with another round and they're like, they wouldn't even talk to me. Like, I'm right. like, Oh God, what do right. I do? Right. And you want to escalate and fight back. Like, and I, I could tell yeah. you that you do, 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 yeah. do, 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 and then yet in some of that, and I, what came to mind is what you just said just a little bit ago about, you know, essentially that hurting people hurt others, yeah. but tell that line again, what you were just telling me yeah. about, because I think it connects here. I know it's the next one too, but just let's talk about that for yeah. just a second. Um, now you put me on a spot. Okay. My memory doesn't work well like that because okay. I think you go. No, I think I think what we we're talking about was every perpetrator. Yes, was first of it. Hey, we're gonna take a break right here, and 
what that last line that Pastor Andy just shared, that every perpetrator was first a victim, was a powerful revelation. And it may be for you as well. So we're going to pick up this conversation again in the next episode. You're not going to want to miss this. This was some powerful truth Pastor Andy shared. So thanks for joining the Feed Sheep Podcast. See you again next time. Bless you.